All right. So, hey, everybody. Welcome back, Boomtown listeners. Wait, Boomtown Stories listeners. I should get the name of the podcast. Right. <laughs> it's our podcast. We can call it whatever we want. Oh, I like that. We can, yeah. We're going to call you what we want to call you, and you're going to like it. Okay. That was a little dirty. Was Too little aggressive? Dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dirty? Yeah. Okay. You like the fact that it was dirty. You got excited. No, I was just, I was like, that's not, I thought I was just being too aggressive. Oh, and then I it got was excited. dirty and aggressive. It was aggressively dirty. I got excited because I was like, oh, I'm not being overly aggressive this time. No, it was both. Okay. <laughs> too late now. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Welcome back. Howdy. <laughs> no. I tr- I'm trying something new. Okay, yeah, we'll figure it out. We're still new. You got to figure out what what yeah. what your what the introduction is going to be for you. Yeah, it could be howdy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm Shanae Coleman Durden, and I'm Deani Roger. You guys are back for another round of Boomtown Stories. Yes, I I really do love this. I'm so excited to be back here, and I can't wait for today's guest. I am also excited for uh, for today's guest. Uh, her name is Lisa McLeod. Uh, she is a, a Dallasite. She's from here and she's so much fun. But before we get to her, I'm going to ask you over and over again. So you should probably come up with something. <laughs> what have you been up to? Um, so guys, no, this this week I do have something that I've been up to. Ah! Yeah. Uh, your girl found something to do in her uh, in the meantime uh, during unemployment. So I signed up for a screenwriting class. Oh, that's and, exciting. Yes. Through NYFA, uh, New York Film Academy. Mm-hmm. I had this movie idea and um, can I, I be in it? No. I don't want to star. I just, can I be in it? Okay. You, 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 you can have a non-speaking role. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, I had this movie idea and I've, well, I've had several and those, you know, I've had some that I've written, but this one is really, really important to me. So I was like, let's learn how to do it right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've been working on that and, um, and, um, uh, and, uh, you know, that, that, that can be it. Yeah. No, yeah. uh, I'm, uh, yeah, it's COVID. Okay. So yeah, no, I haven't. Other than that, that's, uh, that's about it. I am 35 now though. Woo woo. Yeah. 35 and fine. Mm, mm, mm. You're 30 mm. fine. I love that. 30 fine. Mm. I, and I got carded the other day too. I went and bought a bottle of wine and they were like, how old are you? And I was like, yeah. I mean, it might be because I had on a mask and they couldn't see my old face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it felt good. <laughs> okay, so real talk. I had a parent come into the studio um, like earlier this week. It was like Monday or Tuesday. And I was, I think I was sizing her daughter for shoes. I don't remember. And so she was like, all right, sweetie, tell Miss Shanae bye. And she was like, wait, because my mask says Mrs. Shanae on one mm-hmm. side of it. And she was like, wait, it, it, I guess it could be Mrs. I assumed Miss because you're so young, but people get married young all the time. And I just laughed. And so I'm like, I'm married. And she was like, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like people get married young all the time. And I was like, I didn't get married no, young. I'm late. I'm I, was late like, actually. I, I was like, I'm, I'm way past old enough to be married. And she was like, oh, and she's looking at me and she was like, I, I'm sorry, I could be wrong. I just assumed you were still in college. 
And I was like, ma'am, you have made my entire February. You have made my entire Black History Month. (laughs) I was like, listen, listen, my mask, because I didn't have any makeup on either, y'all. So it's not like, like right now, probably it's a little bit more passable because like the Girl, parts of you don't uh, y'all don't we're gonna have to post pictures of ourselves you do not look like you're in your mid-30s right now I don't because I have on a le- like I could take my hand down my face and like part a C because of how much makeup I Shanae, I've seen you without makeup though but like recently, I, I don't know about she was lying when she said in college or 18 or whatever but like I could see you being 25 22. I give you 22. But like that. definitely old enough to drink, right? Yeah, for sure. And like old enough to be married. I mean, some people, you know, that some people get married young. <laughs> 22 year olds do get, get married. married that, yeah, like most that, people, yes. we yes. are late. Technically, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm still not married. Technically. But here's Technically the thing, speaking, right? I'm not married. In my head, I am. Does that count? Is it to my husband? Yes, obviously. <laughs> yes, we got married on the same day. <laughs> we all, we're in a thruple. Yes. <laughs> don't act like you don't know this. Your man is my man. And my man is your man. I don't have one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Any who, I'm about to take a sip of my drink. Like I lifted my drink up. Y'all know we do these on Zoom. I lifted my drink up and I'm looking at it and I'm like, our drinks aren't the same color. No, they're not. Um, so you juice yours then. Yeah. So listeners, here's what happened. We decided to do the cucumber basil martini. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, you know, I have that expensive blender. that mm-hmm. I bought it on sale, but I do have that expensive, expensive blender. I was like, you know what? I'm going to blend mine and drink all of it because then it's like I'm like I'm juicing. So it's like, I'm healthy, mm-hmm. even though there's gin in it. Um, that was a choice. So <laughs> Diani's martini is clear, clear very and clear. mine is green and you like can't see through it. It looks like a green juice. It looks like something like you got to press juice yeah. and then pour gin into it or something. That is exactly how I like to drink my pressed juice. <laughs> mine is okay. So I messed up a little bit. I think, um, Mine has several basil pieces in it. And I don't think that's what it's supposed to be like. Well, mine just tastes like a plant. I didn't know. I use, I use vodka for mine. Um, I think I forgot what was happening. Um, <laughs> my schedule, because I was working on the class and I was like, oh no, I need to go well, to the store. Yeah. And yeah. then I was like, oh, it's vodka, right? I for- and I almost got gin too. But anyway, um, I muddled my cucumber Mm-hmm. the way you're supposed to yeah so that's why mine is clear like it's supposed to be Whatever but here's works. the thing I I love I love pressed juice like I like green juice and I like my green juice without any fruit in it like mm. I'm like give me spinach give me cucumber give me celery I I know this makes me a freak but I like the taste of juice celery like I like that is weird I and I I know it's fine but like I I enjoy that taste so I was like Ooh, with like a little bit of gin in it. That's going to be so good. And I was so wrong. Mm. Mine is my. All right. We are back this week. We've got with us the lovely 
uh, Lisa McLeod. Lisa, can you say hi to everybody? Hello, everybody. All right. Well, we're very excited to have you with us. Can you tell us about where you're from? Because uh, Lisa lives in Texas currently, but you're not from Texas originally, right? Uh, no, I'm not. I am <laughs> born, bred, and raised Cleveland, Ohio. The land all day, every day, dog proud for life. Oh, for life. okay. <laughs> for life. I'm wow. just, I'm a Cleveland girl in the Texas world and been that way for a minute and a half, but I am very proud to be born, bred, and raised in Cleveland. Very okay. much so. So how long have you lived in Texas now? Oh, baby, a long time, mm. long time. But um, I lived in San Antonio before I, after graduating high school, I married my high school sweetheart. And then we came to, uh, he was in the military, Air Force at that time. So we lived in San Antonio okay. for about eight, nine years. And then the rest of the time I've been here, totally all together. I've been in Texas 45 years of my life. Wow. Lisa. Yes. Lisa, I think it's time that you can go ahead and let, like, you can no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> that would be betrayal, okay? <laughs> that would be betrayal, no. I love Texas, um, and it has become my home, mm -hmm. but Cleveland will forever be my home. Okay. It's what I know. It's my culture. It's who I am. It, it's what made me the woman I am. Okay. So, so can you tell us about growing up? In Cleveland? Like, what was that like? I, I don't know that I've ever been to Cleveland. I've never Ohio, been to so. Cleveland. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, Cleveland Midwest. Um, Cleveland is, you hear a lot of jokes about Cleveland, a mistake on the lake. Nothing good comes out of Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> but that devil is a lie. But um, <laughs> needless to say, Cleveland, growing up in Cleveland was to me amazing. Um, it, um, we had more winter than than ever than anything. You, it started getting cold in Cleveland around in September when it was time to go back to school. So it was cold September, October, November, December, January, February, March. That's too many months. <laughs> April, for me. April is when the snow just started to, to started to melt. April. The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you always had that Easter snap. Where you get, you know, you had your little shirts and curls and all this other stuff, and you was ready to do your thing. But boom, there you go. It was snow. It was snow. You couldn't wear your little little patent leather slippers, baby. You had to wear boots. You see what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so you take your little shoes with you, but you was wearing them boots. Um, yeah, growing up was is it was amazing. I had my parents had certain rules and regulations, mm -hmm. especially my mom, because my mother was extremely strict. But um, it was adventurous. Uh, we had our own culture. You, y'all have wings here in Texas, mm -hmm. baby. We have wings in Cleveland, <laughs> oh. and uh, so you. It was the food was a certain culture. The music was a certain culture. Um, growing up in at that era in time, it was all about a progress and a progression. You know what I mean? So, but it was great. What was the culture like? Because I've never heard that about Cleveland. Cleveland has its own. It's so rough, so tough. Oh. Um, All these sayings, Cleveland. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, and still, you it would you would never meet a stranger in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. um, you pretty much walk. You even though I was afforded to have a father that blessed me with transportation and several cars by the time I was at the age of sixteen. The majority of people was all public transportation. You walked pretty much everywhere you went and or you got the rapid chance. It was just like a subway kind of a system. But um, and it was 24 hour 
rail system and bus systems all day long. And um, but everybody was glad to walk. It was not a problem. Wasn't the thing in no Cleveland to walk. Wherever you went, even in the cold. Oh, but hey, we didn't close down schools like y'all did here, and close down to stop to stop the world because you had inches of snow. Oh no, ma'am, you shovel to get out and you shovel to get in. No. Oh yes. Oh yeah, I yeah, wouldn't make it. Cool. I wouldn't make it. Mm-mm. Oh, make it. oh yeah. warm weather girls. <laughs> of course, and you would probably die. So immediately, see, in, immediately, in it was like fourteen below and twenty below zero and all that. Y'all would die. Y'all would absolutely die. <laughs> you yes. can't see the way my mouth is hanging open, y'all, but it is because I'm a sunshine baby. Like. Florida and Kansas, I mean, Florida and Texas, and then Deanna is Texas and California. California? Like, we yeah. don't. Okay. Don't yeah, do, y'all don't are, y'all are hot. Sunshine babies. babies. I get cold anything under 70 degrees. I'm uh, freezing. I need a jacket. <laughs> I'm wearing, look, I'm wearing a thick jacket in my own home. Even it's now, cold. the thermostat is on 65, 65. <laughs> See, y'all couldn't stay with me. Uh-uh. <laughs> look, I can barely stay with my husband. We have a slight arguments about <laughs> <laughs> the temperature and that's because my ideal temperature setting in a home is like 85 degrees in the winter i never turn on heat ever <sighs> ever we will fight <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're you're in cleveland and you're in cleveland still during high school right yeah mm-hmm. okay so then you said you married your high school sweetheart so when did when did you and high school sweetheart meet like at what point in high school did that start wow well, he was two years ahead of me, and I, I never older man mm-hmm. um, two, years older, uh, two two three years older, but I never paid him any attention at all. Uh, he he wasn't my type, I guess. Um, and um, not to mention, I to be honest, I dug his best friend. That's who I liked. Ooh, so wow. I made sure that when he wanted to. Um, his best friend wanted to come over and do homework. I didn't pay any attention to to him at all. He was that was farther thing from my mind. I was digging on his friend, but his friend, his best friend, dug my best friend. To be quite honest, um, I never paid him any mind at all. But I, the way it was in Cleveland, like I said, even though I was afforded, my daddy would let me drive to school sometimes, um, and everything. I walked to school too, so. He lived um, in Cleveland. Uh, am I allowed to say what high school I went to? Uh-huh. Okay. And in East Cleveland, I went to Shaw High. And he lived down Shaw Avenue. His house was right directly on Shaw Avenue. So me coming home or going home, I would have to walk past him, mm-hmm. past his house. He made sure that he was out there every day, oh, wow. every day. And so this went on for a while, even though, like I said, his friend and, you know, would come over and stuff like that, but he would just make sure that he was somewhere visual. Was he like outside, like lifting fake weights and stuff? Like see how strong? Oh, no, that- just outside sitting on the porch chilling, just sitting on the porch on the steps. <laughs> and, and is this um, also in the snow? Oh, sometimes. <laughs> right? Sometimes outside on the snow, sometimes just chilling. That's so I'd be love. I'd be walking down the street and he'd say, Hey there, Lisa Porter. I go, Hey, David McLeod, how are you? And I kept walking. He says, So you ain't gonna stop to talk to me? Uh well, what are we talking about? And he was like, um, well, you know, I'm going to the military. How are you? That's good. I kept walking. <laughs> Still kept walking. So he said, 
You don't believe I'm going? He would run out. He'd run out there on his little porch, like come down the stairs. You don't think I'm going to the military? I said, hey, you said you were going? Hey, I, I'm, I'm glad you're going. Come back the next day. Here I come. Well, I would be switching this time. Really switching. Because I know he was watching. You know what I'm saying? I know he was watching, right? So here I go. <laughs> I'm walking. Here I am walking to the street. Hey, that Lisa McLeod. Hey, that David McLeod. How are you? He said, um, well, I was wondering if um, I was thinking about something. I said, what have you been thinking about? He said, I was wondering, would you date me? I said, you know, I never thought about it. I said, and no, I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. He said, so are you, because he was very heavy at that time, very heavy, but he had an extremely cute face. And, um, but I, like I said, what my type. And I really liked it somebody else at that time that I was really had my eye on. But he said, so is it because I'm heavy? I said, no, it's not because you're heavy. No. He said, but if I lost weight, would you date me? I said, probably like that. Mm. So he said, okay, next conversation, next day. Here we come. After a while, I didn't see David McLeod no more on the porch. Mm. I didn't see him on the porch. I'm like, where is he at? I wonder. You know, look, I'm looking. Now I'm looking for him. Because you know <laughs> <laughs> beforehand, he was looking for me. I'm looking right. for him now, you know. Um, so I'm like, okay, didn't see him for a long time. So all of a sudden, maybe a year and a half go by. I mean, he was upperclassman, so I knew he was graduating. We didn't really cross paths. We didn't have the same friends. We didn't have whatever. So, but all of my friends were older than me because I graduated high school at 16. So, but all of my friends were pretty much upperclassmen or older than me. But anyway, I'm with my cousin and we're on the rapid transit one Saturday. She said, girl, ain't that David McLeod? I'm looking, I said, that ain't no David McLeod. I said, mm-mm. I said, I said, she said, girl, he didn't lost weight. Wow. I said, mm. I said, girl, that ain't David McLeod. She said, yeah, it is. So I'm saying, I'm looking, I'm like, well, it do kind of look like David McLeod. I said, but this, this, this nigga, he kind of cute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so anyway, coming from school, who on the porch? David McLeod. <laughs> okay. He had lost weight. Wow. By 150, 200 pounds. Okay. Men are not I the lie. same. Men are not the same these days. <laughs> I lie not to you not. I lied to you not. So this time looking at it was a whole lot different, you know, and back in that was my heyday, hair down here, body like, you know, I'm, I know I was killing it. I knew I was killing Yes, I knew I was killing the game. Word. I knew it was. I knew it was. So uh, he said, uh, hey, Lisa. I said, hey, David. He said, I told you I'd lose weight. Mm. I said, that you did like that. He said, how about that date now? He didn't got him some swag now. He said, um, you I he said, you always be going skating. Can I take you skating? I said, but you don't skate, do you? He said, no, I don't. He said, but I would love to watch you. Mm. Okay. Game. <laughs> right. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I said, okay, that, okay, that's what you want to do. He said, I'll meet you at the school at 7:30. Didn't he was there probably before 7:30. All right. He was there. He went on the school bus with me. We went skating. Did you not know he watched me the entire night? Wow. He watched me the entire night. I skated. He didn't. 
He said, I don't want to make a fool out of myself. I said, but so you don't want to skate with me? He said, I just don't want to make a fool out of myself. He said, but I am enjoying watching you. That's what he did. After that, we went to Angela Mia Pizza, another culture in East Cleveland, mm -hmm. and Signature Steel there today, Angela Mia Pizzeria. And to this day, I know I must have put a heart with his name and my name on there when we started dating. But from that day, from that day till we were together inseparably after that point. And um, he, uh, we, we clicked. Um, we really, really clicked. And he went ahead and went to the military and um, we wrote each other endless letters, like 20, 30 letters a day. Um, oh, no. and, and, and I kept them for the longest. I kept hey, the letters he wrote. Yeah, I did. Cause I'm okay. sentimental like that. You can't even get a text back in 2021. <laughs> like, can we talk about it? And that's what I'm saying. We wrote letters back and forth. And he said when his staff sergeant would read off his name, David McLeod, and he said it would be 30, sometimes 40 letters from me. They were all just every letter. He kept them. I kept, he still saying? has my, he still has my love letters to this day. Aww. And I had my, I had his letters up until I had a storage one time and I lost the storage. So I lost that. And that was a part of me that I felt like I lost too. But he still has every letter that I ever wrote him, that I ever wrote him. And um, not to mention the fact, so after um, that, we, uh, he, I told him, I said, you know what, you're going to have to come back and, and ask my mom and dad's hand in marriage. You know, my parents roll that way. You cannot just say we get yeah. married. Mm -hmm. And because I was, I was really brought up very traditional. Mm -hmm. And um, my parents didn't believe that a man, you couldn't honk outside. And nope. say, Lisa, and you better not come out. Oh, no, that wasn't happening. <laughs> not, at, not at Rose Porter's house. Oh, no, ma'am. So, and I remember one time somebody did honk for me. Excuse my French. My mama said, you better not move your ass out that chair. Amen. <laughs> it's what she told me. Amen. She said, you better not move your ass out of that chair. And I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. She went to the door. And she said, son, if you want anybody in here, you better come up here and knock. Yep. That's what she told him. And that's exactly what they eventually did. But David knew better because he had been yeah. raised up around my mother. So he knew my mom, but he did uh, come back and he asked my mother and father's hand in marriage. And I had already told my mother that I was going to get married at the age of 17. And it was not something she wanted me to do. Wow. 17? At 17. Yes. Because I graduated at 16, but my mother wasn't definitely happy for me to get married at that early. Even though she got married early, she did not want that for me. So she ended up telling me that I had to wait. So of course I worked uh, and I had been working since I was 12 years old anyway. So that was never a problem okay. with me. Okay. Yeah. So let's back that up. Cause I do remember seeing that in the questionnaire. You were like, yeah, when I was 12 and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Right. Well, in Cleveland, you could work at the age of 14, but my sister used to um, help run a nursing home. And my sister basically was the individual that, that changed my uh, work permit and made it two years, basically. <laughs> when I was actually started working, I was 12. But wow. she lied and said I was 14 just so I could work with her. Isn't and that, that incredibly customer. illegal? It was definitely incredibly illegal, but it's happening. <laughs> and I did it. <laughs> and, and guess what? My social security states that. I started working at, at the age and that if you put the years together, you <laughs> That I was 12 years old. I wasn't 14. Wow. I was 
12. I was 12, but. And, and you wanted to work at 12? Like that's what you wanted? Oh my God, yes. I wanted to, but I didn't have to. That was okay. the wonderful part about it. And that's another story in itself. My father had afforded us that so we didn't have to. We were pretty considered upper middle class and I didn't have to do that. But I wanted to with my sister and it made me feel mature. You know, it made me feel responsible. And so I went to work with my sister every day and that's how I did that. But so I how many hours were you working a week? As many hours as my sister was working. But I'd come up there in the evening and my sister worked at night okay. after school. And I would okay. go up there with her and we would come home together. As long how as old was your was sister high. when y'all were breaking these laws? Well, my <laughs> sister was is 10 years was 10 years older than me. Okay, oh. so she was she was good and grown. She so knew that. Yeah, yeah I'm full, she had a full time job. Her, it was a yeah, full time job. She was 22 her. and I was 10. I mean, I mean, 12, you know what I'm saying? She was older than me, you know what I'm saying? Wow. So it was no big deal. I can't. She knew it, but she had her sister's back. <laughs> this generation is just set up different. Just, no, it really all, is. All around. It really is. Y'all yeah. are definitely set up different. Yeah. Things we did things different in back in the day. Yeah. We did things way different back in the day, but it was all good. So like I said, I ended up getting married and um, left Cleveland in 1976. October 23rd, 1976 is when I got married. And so wait, how uh, old were you when you got married? 17. Seven, oh, oh, so, but you said your mom made you wait. So she just made you wait an extra year? Yep. Oh. But I, but see, I didn't, I, no, my mom didn't. I had already told my mom that the state of Ohio said that I could get married at the age of 17 without her permission. Wow, well, that's cute. Uh, I don't know then. <laughs> but my mother didn't want me to. Yeah. She felt, my mother felt like I was getting married beneath my level. Mm. And she told me that for years. Mm. And she was not really fond of him or his family. She tolerated it, but she was not fond of him. Mm -mm. But yet and still, I got married. I wanted to do that. I and I had the choice in my, at that time was I could have, I had two scholarships that I did not choose to take. I wanted to get married. My mother had told me there was four ways to leave her household. She said, Letha Ann, you can go to the military. You can go to college. You can go to military college, get married, or you can die. She said, now, whatever one Ooh. you choose. I figured that you last one was going to be the grave. I, okay, I thought it was going to be death. Yeah. But I was like, nah. -uh. So what I did is I took marriage for 200. <laughs> and then I went ahead and I went on and I got married because I wanted to get rid of my, from my mom. Me and my mother had a very tumultuous relationship. Mm. So I wanted to get from under her wings and as far as from Cleveland as I could possibly be. Because I knew if I was away from Cleveland, I'd be away from my mom. And that it was good and bad altogether. Two days after I got married on the 23rd, we left um, Cleveland, came to San Antonio, and started my life there. Wow. Until I left my husband um, a few years, I mean, several years later. And so what were you doing while you were in San Antonio? I worked in restaurant management, mm -hmm. and uh, that's where I started pretty much my career. Um, is rest was restaurant management because I had worked in different genres prior to that too. And it was easy for me while he was in the military. Okay. And then what brought me to Dallas was uh, Church's Fried Chicken. That was my last restaurant that I managed. And uh, when I left him, 
my job transferred me to Dallas, um, to the churches that was there right there on Zane in Dallas. And that was my first store. And that's where I started my career. Okay. And are you still in restaurant management now? No, no. I raised my oldest daughter um, on restaurant management and a portion, partially my youngest daughter as well. I did that for quite many, many years, mm. but then I let that go. I let that go. It was number one, it was too dangerous because I had been robbed by gunpoint too many times. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, in running restaurants, it was a, right in round in the eighties, probably when y'all was born or, or y'all was born probably born in the nineties. In the 90s. Mm, mm, mm. But <laughs> look, look, that's just uh, that that's just good concealer. That's just good that. concealer. No, I don't even have makeup on. That's that good skin. Uh-uh. Born in the 80s. <laughs> but in the mid-80s, there was a lot of restaurant robberies. Mm. A lot of restaurant robberies. And I had been robbed by gunpoint several times. Mm. And um I was that it was too dangerous for me because at that time I was a single parent mother. My daughter, uh, my children, both of them kind of grew up as latchkey kids to the point where I had some babysitters sometimes and sometimes they had to stay by themselves. But there were various, I had to raise them to be responsible because it was just me and them. And um, at that point in time in my life, um, I just felt like it was going to be too dangerous because I didn't know if I was going to come home to my daughter or not. Both of my girls and I just had to choose another career. And I eventually did choose another career. And so what do you do now? What I do now, to be quite honest, I am unemployed now. Um, and because of COVID, I lo- my role was eliminated, but I was as an executive assistant at a company. Okay. And I was a support role, but I have not been working since September. You know what? Hold on real quick. Cause, cause today is different than life used to be. Cause I was a latchkey kid. Like I was 100% a latchkey kid. Like I walked home from school, let myself in and, you know, took care of myself till my mom could come home. Absolutely. And I got a call a couple years ago and they were like, Hey, we need you to go pick up. I need to go pick up my little cousins from, I don't know if they were at school or karate, but mm-hmm. ba- like I had to go pick them up. And I was like, yeah, that's not a problem. So I go pick them up. <clears throat> And at the time, they lived across the street from the dance studio before we moved. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they were so close. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulling, I pull up to their house and I was like, all right, y'all, see you later. Nene yeah. loves you. And they were like, you gonna let us stay at home by <laughs> ourselves? Wait, how old are they? Or were they at, at the, the time? time? I think they were seven and nine. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that sounds let, let me tell you what happened. I'm sitting in my car and I sat there and I was like, you know what? Hmm. We gonna click this into reverse because y'all are not the right type to be at home by yourself. There you go. <laughs> so I was like, this. You know what? There you that go. That was the Lord speaking through you. There you go. We like y'all would have burned your parents' house down, and then I don't have the money to pay for that. So, and I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know if it's this generation. I don't know. I don't what know. it is, but, but uh-huh. it's all about a certain maturity level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I, like I said, both of my girls were latchkey kids. And when people tell me now, well, when did you start teaching your girls to cook? Well, one of them I started at five and one of them I started at seven. Wow. But the bottom line is, and they are amazing cooks now. When I say amazing, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 hello, amazing cooks. Uh, Sinead, you're an amazing cook. 
Hello. So my, my point is they're amazing cooks. So it was what I put in them and you have to do it according to their maturity level. Yeah. And what I used, I did to both of my girls, people said, well, why'd you start them so early? Because I want them to be productive, number one. And I didn't want them to be lazy ass women. Hello. I just didn't. And, and you wasn't going to be in my house and be trifling. It just wasn't. You just weren't going to do that. So with certain things they learned to do, cook, clean, wash clothes, sew, do certain things. That is, and guess what? My grandson taught him the same thing because you ain't going to always be promised to have a woman in your life and you need to know how to do it yourself. And you don't need to depend upon nobody to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's quite frankly, how I raised my, ch- my children and my grandchildren. Yeah. And so I was able to put that and instill them in them. But I, what I would do is watch their, watch them enough and see if they could get it, mm-hmm. you see. And with, t- with one, I had to teach them certain steps. The other, my oldest, she could catch on a whole lot quicker. She was in- more intuitive. Now, my youngest took her a little bit, took her a little bit, but still, she got it. She got it. And whatever I told them to do, they better do it. And I would test them. I would test them. And by the time Tiana came up, she had cold words. It was certain words that she would knew. You couldn't come to her unless you knew a cold word. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're going to pick her up or whatever the case may be. So. My mama didn't do all that. I would have been kidnapped. So thank God. <laughs> you were a good candidate to be kidnapped. I still feel that way. I, I still feel that way. You You're were? an excellent kidnap candidate. Yeah, exactly. I'm lucky because I, my school that I went to was 30 minutes away from my house. So I someone had to pick me up and take me home. I couldn't just walk home. But if I was a latchkey kid, oh, I would have been taken. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, you would know. My girls was gangster. You wasn't taking them. You were, you were not taking my girls at all. Because they was gonna question you down to down mm. to the ninth degree. Who is you? Why are you here? When you alive, my mama didn't send you. Mm. You always they was gangster. They were straight gangster. My mom told me she was never concerned about somebody kidnapping me because she was like, if they take you, they're gonna bring you back. Right. <laughs> it's like they're not gonna keep you. You're a lot. It's too much work. They gonna they gonna bring you back. No, when my mom like when I moved to LA, she was like, Danny, I just she's like, I want you to go, but I don't want you to go because you're so naive and I'm just so worried about you. I'm like, I'm gonna be fine. And then I got here and I almost got kidnapped. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I told my mom, and she was like, That's what I meant by you being naive. I'm like, Well, you raised me, like, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> I just don't see the stranger danger at all. Everybody is my friend. Ooh. Ooh. Oh no! Everybody oh, is my no. friend. To this no. day, to this truthfully, day, I, yeah. I'm talking to my girls the same way. Watch yeah. your surroundings. Yeah, there's now always somebody watching you. Yep. There's always whatever. And so my girls to this day, and my kids are grown. One, one's about to be 43 this year, and, the, and my youngest is about to be 25. But the bottom line is I have instilled in them. And that's what I was talking about, that Cleveland culture. Mm-hmm. Cleveland it was always something that made you always on your guard to always be aware of your surroundings, to be whatever, because it was gangster. Mm-hmm. It was gangster. And it's worse now. Mm-hmm. So my whole point is you weren't just walking around lackadaisical like Opie, not knowing what was going on or whatever the case may be. You had to always be watching your back. And I raised them just that way. And to this day, they are women that are sharp. They're keen. And they they think they're proactive. And they think. 
And you have to be that way as a single woman in this world, even a woman, period. You just cannot be clueless in life because there is somebody always watching your goings, your comings, Mm -hmm. how you handle yourself, how you dress. You'd be surprised on the people that know what time you leave, Mm -hmm. what time you come back, what time you whatever. There's always some 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 creepy somebody mm-hmm. watching what you're doing you see especially in these days and times now you can never be too careful i think the people watching me are like she should plan better because she's constantly running late <laughs> like every time i see her she's flying somewhere why like, she, she looks so frazzled all the time <laughs> why is she not the people watching me are probably like if i can just get to her i'm gonna turn her alarm 10 minutes back just to like try to help her out come like, up to she, you like i gave you a schedule okay <laughs> let me fix your life for you i i created a schedule for you here you go like, i'm trying to help you out i wanted to kidnap you i now i'm gonna life coach you yeah let's sit down <laughs> so i mean i i hear you that cleveland was rough and tumble like i totally get that but yeah what was the party scene like in Cleveland? Well, being that, okay, you got to think about it. I didn't stay in Cleveland and party a, a lot. Um, coming again. up in, in high school, we partied at home. Um, we like house parties? Around. Yeah, that was the thing. That was the thing in Cleveland. Basement parties. Because everything was in your basement. And I love a good house party, though. My right. parents believed in that. They believed in, and that's how, I mean, I grew up with my sister and brother. They had basement parties and house parties. And I would be little sitting at the top of the stairs watching everything that they did. That's how I learned how to dance, how to whatever. Um, listening to the music, listening to the temptations and um, and listening to Mary Wells and, and Marvin Gaye and all that. And, and everything they did, I would mimic whatever they did. And my brother and sister, I grew up that way. And then when I grew up, I did the same thing. And see, Cleveland, again, culture, we had block parties. We would close the whole street and and just party, just party. Everybody would bring food. Everybody be dancing in the middle of the street, dance contests and all this other talent shows and all this other kind of stuff. That was Cleveland's culture coming up. And um, so the party scene, I didn't start it, like I said, when I left, uh, I wasn't even of age to go in a club. You see what I mean? When I left Cleveland, uh, but after my parents died, I came back and stayed a while. And me and my sister associated with maybe the club scene a little bit. Um, but I, at that time, I was old enough to even go in a club with my sister. But leaving Cleveland, I wasn't old enough to go in nobody's club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever. I don't feel like you should ever, listeners, listen. I don't feel like you should ever let that stop you, Mm-mm. you know? <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I probably clo- I, I partied more in San Antonio with my ex-husband okay. because okay. he was in the military and I could go to the NCO club on base mm-hmm. or um, things like that. So I did that because I was his wife at that time. But in Cleveland, we partied at home. Yeah. Well, that's that's where we partied. One of your favorite high school uh Memories of going to a concert with your girlfriend. What was my that? first concert? Okay. My first concert that I that I went to was um, Jeffrey Osborne and LTD. Baby, I loved me some Jeffrey Osborne. 
to this day, Jeffrey Osborne is still fine as oh. flip. Okay. Can't nobody tell me nothing about Jeffrey. Jeffrey can sing his wow. A off, okay? And anything Jeffrey was about, to, I wanted to hear it. But that's when he was with LTD. So me and my girl, our first concert, we decided to go and save our money up. We was going to see LTD and Jeffrey Osborne. Baby, Cleveland Convention Center. Found out, come to find out. Because back in the day, people didn't keep so things from you so much. We knew they was going to be at the Sheraton. Mm. Oh, oh. Wait a minute. Oh, hey. Why we say. Y'all should we see her swaying and switching. Check this out. Why we say we going to go meet them. Okay. Why we climbing up the fire escape. <laughs> the fire escape. Okay. At the Hilton Hotel. Climbing up. I love this so much. Okay. And guess what? This is the worst part about it. My girlfriend at that time, she had a disability. She had a real small arm. Mm. A small arm. We laughed to this day. Wow. And let me tell you, and she was like, Lisa, I can't grab on. I'm like, I'm like, girl, you better. Come on. We got to go. We didn't climb up the fire escape. Mind you, to find out that the last window was locked. Wow. No. So here we is knocking on the window. <laughs> knocking on the window of the hotel. I was knocking on the hotel window in the cold. Okay. Was it snowing? Was it snowing? Yes. <gasps> Me and my no. girlfriend with the little alarm. Okay. <laughs> we knocking. But guess who comes and opens up the window? <gasps> was it him? Tell me it was him. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Osborne, baby. I had to, uh, I, to be honest, I had to look up a picture. I didn't know who that was, but I see it. Mm, he's fine. Okay, Jeffrey Osborne. Okay. It wasn't security. It was Jeffrey. It was not security. Okay. Jeffrey it was himself. Jeffrey Osborne. Wow. He said, babies, what are y'all doing? Hanging outside. Hanging. Of the window. I said, look, look. Try to see you. <laughs> Try to see you. Right. He said, are you serious? He said, did y'all go to the concert? Yes, sir. We did. He said, well, let me get you out of the cold. That man got me out the cold. He was such a gentleman. He and my girlfriend, we shivering (laughs) and, and scared and all of this. He said, you did all of that to see me? I said, yes, I did. He said, so what did you want to get out of this? I said, I just wanted to see you. And I just wanted you to sing to me in person. (laughs) (laughs) Why he bust out and started singing, concentrating on you. I was like, gave us his autograph to this day. I still have it. Everybody in his band went around and introduced us and all of that. And he was such a gentleman that after he did all of that, he said, you know what? I have seen fans. He said, but I never thought that nobody would go through all of this to see me. And my girlfriend said, we was determined. (laughs) We was determined. And we was truly determined. And he said, well, you know what? My God, I'm honored. He said, but you know what I think y'all should do? He said, I think y'all should go ahead 
get yourself together and go ahead and go back home and everything so you can get back home safe. Mm-hmm. Baby, we were smitten. Do you hear me? Absolutely smitten. I would be too. But it was amazing to meet him and everybody in his band at that time because that's when he was with LTD and Devotion. <laughs> but yet and still, he became a solo artist after that. But Jeffrey Osborne was a gentleman. It was the greatest thing we had ever done, wow. you know, and it was something we remember we was driving home just glee and giddy and glee. And, 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 and when we told all our friends they believed us, we was like, guess what we met? Guess what we met? We met. And they was like, you lying. You didn't meet no. And we showed them the autograph. That's the only reason they, they believed us because we had the autograph and everything. Yeah. But my God, it was it was something. Just That's adventure. Sorry, that makes me want to go live life. I want to shimmy up somebody. <laughs> You're gonna get arrested. I'll bail you out for that one. If you get arrested shimmying up somebody, yes. I will. I will bail you out for that. Fire escape. Okay. I'm trying to shimmy up somebody. Fire escape. And That's the way he said. said Jeffrey said, "How did you get past security?" We was like, "Security? What do you right? think about what, security? What security? security? We, we think about no security." we're knocking on the window outside right we went the hard way there was no security (laughs) how old were you when y'all did this how old were you how old were we Mm -hmm. we must have been all of that was right before i graduated so i know i had to be 15 16 okay because I was I'm like, you wasn't trying to, like, I, I probably would have tried to at least get a kiss, but like at 15, 16, probably. No, he's too young. No, and he was so oh much God. older, and, you know, yeah. he was not really that much older than us, because like now I'm, if you think about it, I'm 62, and Jeffrey now is in his 70s, mm-hmm. so it wasn't that much older, but he appeared but at to the be time, so much older. Well, yeah. Like, the, the, a 10-year difference between 15 and 25 Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. But it is. But later on in life. Not now, later on, not I mean, right now. Uh, Jeffrey, right, right. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was one of my greatest the things that I think me and my girlfriend had ever done. We were really adventurous to do that. And it was that was thinking off the cuff. That was definitely thinking. I'm like, let's climb up yeah. the fire escape. <laughs> now I'm mad I never did that because I, I know like exactly. I feel like it's too late. Like I feel like if I do that at my at the age I am now, people can be like, "What? What were you thinking?" No, I think Why it's would still you okay for us to do. No, we're still young. We're still. It's young. not too late. It's not, it's too, not late. too late. Next time I come to LA. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. Yes, yes, we stalking somebody. I, mean, I get starstruck the- easily, so it's fine. I'm, I'm game. You sat on Omarion's lap. I did. Oh. But I wasn't. I wasn't brave enough to do anything beyond that. Omarion's a cutie pie. He is. Mm-hmm. You should Amarion, if you're listening. Right. And you remember me. <laughs> Shanae is sorry that she did not shimmy up a fire escape. <laughs> Absolutely. And knocked on the window. <laughs> In your questionnaire, you said that you, you have been arrested, but it, it wasn't for this. <laughs> Surprise. No. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't for this. Can you tell us what it was for? Is it still a secret? Should we not? No, it's not a secret. Okay. Um, I'm at a point in my life now that there's a certain time you can tell your testimony and it will hurt you. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain time your testimony that it is well and it won't kill you. I had just turned 18 and I had came back um, to Cleveland for a period of time because at, my father had been sick. So I came back to Cleveland 
but I wanted to stay there a while. And so I started to work there, but I had just turned 18 and I was working in retail. Uh, like I said, I'm retail, restaurant manager, whatever, but I was working in retail. There's a store, clothing store back home that used to be called Winkleman's. And um, that of course is no longer, but uh, I got a job there and I was working in the shoe department. But when in between sales, you would have to come and help bag up merchandise uh, when you weren't, when your department was not busy. So um, I did just that. Um, when my department wasn't busy, I walked up to the counter, bagged up these bags and, and everything. So this particular evening, um, these young ladies came in. I, like any other people, I helped bag the bags when the cashier told me to bag them up. And that was it. So then my manager <clears throat> came around the corner. She says, Lisa, uh, yes, ma'am. Um, I need to see you in my office. I said, okay. So I go walking back in Nerla office. She says, oh, we have a problem. Okay, what's the problem? She says, um, did you recall bagging up two, three young ladies at the front counter? They were African-American ladies and um, their merchandise. I said, no, to be quite honest, I didn't pay them any mind, no more than anybody else. I said, I just did what I was told. I was bagged up the merchandise. She says, well, we have a problem. And I said, okay, what's the problem? She says, well, that merchandise, um, the majority of the merchandise was in the bag was stolen and they just left out the store. I was like, okay, what they got to do with me? Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so she was like, well, you bagged it. I said, who bagged what? I said, I bagged up a lot of people bags. Right but I didn't know they were stealing. And she was like, no, well, see, that's the problem. I've just called the Randall Park Mall police and um, we're, they're probably going to come and arrest you and apprehend you. I said, for what? For what? What are you talking about? I said, like I said, I didn't steal nothing. I don't know them women. I don't know nothing about them. Or I said, oh, I get it. Just because they were African-American, are you saying that I had something to do with that? Or what are you trying to say? No, I'm just saying that it um, on camera, he was bagging the bags. And I said, like I told you, on camera, off camera, I did not know they were stealing. So needless to say, here come the little park mall um, police. They did handcuff me, walked me out in the mall, um, took me to jail. Well, I don't know how that was going to go over when they called my mama. And I haven't told y'all about my mama, really. But Rose didn't play, Okay. So I, when I got to the little jail place and they took my name and they handcuffed me. And at this time, like I said, I'm 18. So they're going to charge me, I guess, like an adult. And um, so I'm crying because I don't know what's going on. Not really. I, I don't even know. They trying to accuse me of stealing something. I ain't stole nothing. So needless to say, they called my mom. In the process, they had already put me in the jail cell. And this was a smaller area out in the uh, suburbs of Cleveland uh, by one of the malls there. I could hear my mother's conversation from the jail cell to the police officer who had called and told my mama that I was an accessory to a grand theft. Mm. Now, do I, do y'all need, y'all may have to edit this conversation real good. Okay. And then I don't care what you, but because it's the truth, but here's the deal. I can hear my mother at the officer said, is this Mrs. Um, uh, Porter? My mother said it is. She says, well, we have your daughter, uh, Lisa Porter McLeod. Um, and um, she has been arrested on the accessory of a grand theft. My mother said, 
whose child been arrested for what? And so she was, they told her and they told her about the merchandise that was in the bag. They told her. So my mother said, what size is was the clothes that you said my daughter's supposed to had stolen? So he said, well, ma'am, we didn't. She said, no, I want you to go look. I want you to go look, find out what the sizes was on all of them. Since you said Lethe Ann stole them. My mother didn't call me Lisa Ann. She called me Lethe Ann. Mm-hmm. So since you said Lethe Ann stole it, I wanted you to tell me what sizes was the clothes that you said my child stole. So the man said, he, well, okay, ma'am, I guess I will go. So she told him, she said, they was size three, size five, and size seven. She said, well, that's bullshit right there. Hmm. She said, because Lisa Ann is a size 12 to 14. Amen. And she and why was she still some that don't they even have damn Okay. So, so he said, well, ma'am, I'm just telling what we caught him on. We saw her on tape. She said, oh, and my mother said it just like this. Please forgive my French. She said, I don't give a f- what you saw. She says, if you didn't, she said, you, I told you Lisa Ann ain't stole like that. I didn't raise her that way. Well, ma'am, I'm trying to, and she said, oh, okay, I got another one I want to ask you. She says, this place that you said my, my daughter stole this clothes out of, she says, is it still merchandising next door? And he said, well, yes, ma'am, it's Winkleman. She said, is it a sign on the mother dope? Is what she said. Mm-hmm. He said, yes, ma'am. Why are you asking me all these questions? She said, because let me tell you something. Lisa Ann know better. If Lisa Ann stole any thing, she know not to leave left. So you got the wrong child. But yet and still, you're going to have the nerve to call me and tell me about my mother child. You got another thoughts coming. She said, by the time I get there, you better have my baby out in jail cell. That's what the you better do is what she said she said because i told you lisa ann ain't stupid enough to steal no three pieces of merchandise so i want to tell you right now get her out of that cell by the time i get there okay so on in about 25 minutes who do i hear at the door but my mom where the f- is my child get her out i said get her out right now my mother walked to that jail cell and she looked me dead in my face she said lisa ann i'm gonna ask you one day mother time is what she said <laughs> she said did you take anything from these white folks i said mommy i didn't take anything i don't know what they're talking about she said good enough get my baby out this goddamn cell right now got me out i had to go to court and i went to uh when i went to court my story didn't change but later on that that day before i had to go to court because we had to get an attorney and all of this the women that were boosters were there and they was like i don't know you i said i don't know you either so but they trying to say this because we black i know y'all i don't know you i don't know nothing about y'all thieving ass i said i don't have to steal nothing okay i said i'm not trying to be funny but my daddy got plenty money (laughs) and i don't have to steal I don't. And um, I said, maybe y'all do, but I don't. After we got to, to court, I told the, I told the uh, judge, I said, judge, your honor, when it's my time to speak, I said, hear my hand to God. I have never taken nothing in my life. And I said, I don't know these women. They don't know me. Just because I'm black don't mean I know them. I have never taken nothing. And my mother was like, that's right. That's right. She better not. That's my mother. I will whoop that. That's my mother. My mother's in the courtroom saying, "Is that legal? Did they have to take her out?" You're right. And it was like, "Ma'am, ma'am, please." She was like, "I'm just telling you, Lisa Ann ain't stole shit." I was crying to the judge, and I told the judge, "I said, Yolanda, I swear, I didn't take anything. I don't know these women. I've never seen them in my life." Mm-hmm. I said, "I didn't want to lose my job. I didn't want." He said, "What?" Well, he said, "He said, first of all, I can hear your remorse. I can see your remorse." He said, if you say you didn't take anything, I believe you. He said, but I want you to remember something for the rest of your life. He said, sometimes you can be in the wrong place 
at the wrong time and people will lay something on you. He said, and this is a perfect example for you being at the wrong place at the wrong time. I said, I swear I didn't take it. He said, it's good enough for me. He took, dropped all charges for me. They had to go to jail. Well, And I looked at them and I said, told you I didn't know you. I didn't know nothing about you. I didn't know nothing about you. And I meant that. And my mother looked at me and she says, one thing for sure I know. She said, I wanted to always be that I know you well enough to know when you're telling me the truth. She says, and that, she said, I will always be there for you. And I said, mommy, good enough for me. Good enough for me. But I know I didn't take nothing. And, you know, it it was a lesson learned, (laughs) but it was a very painful lesson to learn because it's how people can tie you into something just because of your skin. You see what I'm saying? Or to pick, and that was back in the day, uh, many, many years ago. But the bottom line was that you would label me a thief just because somebody else is still. And I didn't have to steal. And you, I, I mean, we were afforded a very good life. My father, my lifestyle, my father had afforded us. So it wasn't that I thought I was better than anybody else, but I knew I was better than that. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah, that was the first time that I was arrested. See? Oh, oh. Oh, wait, there's, wait a minute. Wait, there's more. Now pause. Wow, you really got me. You got me. I wasn't ready. I do think that one big takeaway we can all have from that story is that nobody should work retail. That's what you heard? That's 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 what I got. That's one story. Don't work retail, that's for sure. I was relating to the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, I've, I've, I've been through that. I've been in that situation. But you heard... Don't work retail. (laughs) I've been in the wrong place at the wrong time because of you. So vice versa. Don't (laughs) this is don't go there. Don't go there. Shanae, you have dragged us to some places. Listen, just just because I've done it too does not negate the fact that my original statement stands true. You're right, but just don't sit over there acting like (laughs) it's just me. It's both of us, and that's why we're friends, okay? She said, and that was the first time. That was the first time. I was not expecting that. And the second time that I was arrested was many, 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 many years later. And it's because I did not pay an outstanding speeding ticket in Sulphur Spring. And I was out partying uh, before Jesus with my girlfriend before I got saved and okay. spirit healed and all of this. Real sanctified now. Uh, <laughs> Real sanctified. But... So I was hanging out with my girlfriend. Um, we were uh, coming from the Cliff Club. Uh, it was a staple in Dallas there for a while until they, I think they closed this last New Year's. They finally closed it down. They'd been in business must have been about 50 years or whatever the case may be. But anyway, we had been partying at the Cliff Club and we were feeling really good. And I got pulled over and because she didn't have um, a taillight, but I was driving and uh, he ran the, he ran her license, but then he ran mine and found out that I had a speeding ticket that had turned into a warrant and um, they arrested me. So I had to call my boyfriend at the time to um, get me out. And um, they pulled over to the side, told my girlfriend that she was going to have to, of course, drive home because I couldn't. And uh, I got arrested for that. But then I got out. So he posted my bail and bond. So. Oh, wait, your boyfriend, uh, he, pay, he paid for that? Oh, he certainly did. I, I, I wasn't going to screw nobody at them doing them time that wasn't going to help me. Ah! There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Big snap. 
I'm learning. I am. Let me write this down. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. no. <laughs> for real, for real. I'm not going to tell everybody where I currently live. It's a little suburb. It's a little tiny suburban town here in mm-hmm. the in the Metroplex. Mm-hmm. But my husband can tell you because I was on the phone with him one time on my way home. And it was right after I'd had my, my truck for a little bit, but I didn't, I hadn't gotten my permanent tags. Mm-hmm. I was, it was a whole drama with the guy who sold me the car, but I hadn't gotten my, my new tags yet. And the one, the paper tags on the car were expired, but they were expired by like a month and a half or like two months or three. Like it, they were expired by a while. So I get pulled over and the cop is like, Hey, I pulled you over. Cause I couldn't read the tags. And then when I read them, they're very expired. And I was like, <laughs> Ooh, that's my bad. And then the cop was like, and then when I ran your license, you have a warrant. And I was like, Oh my God. Like for real? <laughs> I have a, are you <laughs> like legitimately are you kidding I didn't me? Like legitimately I didn't like I was like, wait, what? From a ticket that I had forgotten about. Taylor's Same on here. the phone. Like Same I'm here. on my I'm driving home. And the cop goes, So you really need to get those things taken care of. Okay. And I was like, absolutely. No, I absolutely will. And they're like, all right, have a great night. No, see, he gave you and great. gave me my stuff back and I drove home. And Taylor was like, did they just say you have a warrant out for your arrest and you're That's still God. coming home? And I was like, yep. Now I will hey, say that yeah. when I got like the first, like I got home and then like went online and looked it up and like I paid it. But like. Still, you have to acknowledge that that's God though. Cause I would, I got pulled over and they was like, you stole this car. And I was like, it's mine. And they was like, you changed the VIN number. I was like, no, like that's. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't even doing anything wrong. <laughs> like they put me like, like told me that I stole my own car and changed wow, my mess. Wow. But yeah, like you, also, but you had a warrant out for your arrest and they let you go. They were like, also, okay, let her go. The but cops in the city that I live in legitimately are on some different stuff than like cops in other places. <laughs> They're more of a protect and serve police okay. force. Like legitimately, okay. like we're not here. We don't want to take you in. We don't want to write you tickets. We just want to make sure that everybody's safe and that wow. we're all good. And that it's like really a sense of community. I, I'm not a person who's like, I'm going to back the blue regardless because I think that every situation is nuanced. Mm-hmm. But I will say the cops in my area have always been really great to us because I've seen good. a lot of cops in other yeah. places that aren't. So, And I live okay, in a community lucky. now that's, that's like that. They're a really great community. And I'm not saying that this was a bad community that I was living in at that time. It was actually no, a great community. I was like, community. that's a regular place to live. This is an yeah. anomaly. Well, I should have gone to jail. But I did. <laughs> well, so there you go. Those were my two times being arrested. I wanted them to be more fun. I wanted no, it they, to be like... I, they were very interesting stories, though. because Working on a cop car. You know what okay. I mean? I wanted yeah. it to be like... And see, this is why we get in trouble. This is why... This is her. This is who she is. She's like, gives you... She whispers in your ear these bad ideas for you to do to get in trouble and then i am like yeah i should do that huh <laughs> like all jokes aside, planning and then, and that then is then like, like a couple of times i'm like you know yeah. it would be really fun right <laughs> but then but then shanae i would be the one to go to jail and not you <laughs> and not her no. how about that okay, and not you know her what the thing is you know right. the thing is one of two things would happen if mm-hmm. she got arrested one of two things would happen i would either volunteer to go to jail with her because i'm a drunk idiot and i'd be like <laughs> I don't want you to be alone and this is my fault. So take me too. Or you would go and I would just follow you and bail you out. Like one of two things would happen. Like I wouldn't let you just go to jail. I feel like the third option is you seduce the cop and then I get out. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like that All is three really has important. has helped us before. So it's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's fine. But anyway, this is not about us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like seduced is not the right word either. I uh, flirt okay. with. Flirt. flirt. It with. is flirt. Yes. It is flirt. You yes. I did I did once it. agree to go on a date with a cop because my inspection was out by like a year. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> So I just, I went on the date and it was one of the, and I have been on a lot of bad dates and that, that makes the top three. It was. Wow. I didn't know that. Lord have mercy. Now you were shimmying up a, a fire. I was table. about to say, you shimmying up the size of the bill door. Put my girlfriend in a little arm. <laughs> Make her do all that hard work. <laughs> so she could go meet your crush. Right. right. Mm, mm. So he could sing to you. <laughs> right. And he did. That is really a beautiful story. All your stories. I am, I'm a fan. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell me. She said, you can thank me. Exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm like, don't tell nobody else, but you're my favorite. Oh. <laughs> you're a great storyteller. Like, you give it. No, legitimately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you, sweetie. Thank you. It's, it's life. Yeah. It, it was, it's, it's been my life. And um, trust me. Trust me. Just wait for my book. It's oh. Like, okay. Well, so I was going to ask, like, do you have anything that you want to plug? Like, anything that you're starting? Any ventures? Like, anything that you want to tell people? I, I would love to do that. As a matter yes. of fact, well, being that when I, my role was ended, um, in September, I, I went into a whole kind of spiritual journey with the Lord. I wanted him to talk to me and tell me, do you want me to go back into corporate America? Do you want me to open up a business? What is it that you want me to do? Because whatever it is, I'll do it. <laughs> if you just tell me what you want me to do. And I went through uh, 15 days of fasting and I still didn't hear God. But you have to realize that sometimes when God doesn't speak, he's still speaking. And in that, what I came up with is that Lisa, you're going to have to start coming out of the box. My background is in what I didn't get to tell you is that my background of education is broadcast. And I did broadcasting for at one point in my life. Those were days when in the midnight hour, I was, I was Lisa the pleaser. Hello. Okay. So that was something totally different. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But then I start Lisa the pleaser and you get all kind of weird calls in the middle of the night because you're, 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 your radio set time is from 12 to 4 a.m. in the morning. So oh, you're getting, getting the calls. You're getting the good calls. You mm. see what I'm saying? And nobody is just calling you talking about the sweepstakes. They're calling you talking about something else. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, I got all kind of freak nasties coming, you know, calling me, whatever. <clears throat> but, you know, at, during that time, I, I my broadcasting career, even though I, I, I did it for whatever I did it for, I always, I always knew I had some type of a speaking voice, mm -hmm. but I didn't know which direction I wanted to go with it. Now I utilize it to encourage women and to empower women. And God has given me that voice to speak into their lives. But what I'd like to do now is that I've always wanted to do a radio talk show. Absolutely all. And what I'd like, what I'm thinking about doing is launching a show, which I'm going to call it a conversation. And in lieu of that, I want people to come and let's have a conversation. Because during COVID, I saw that people needed to be connected in some way. And now we live in a total virtual 
environment. Church is virtual. Everything's virtual. But people are still now with this generation of texting and emailing and texting and emailing, which can be totally monotonous. Sometimes people just need to have a conversation. And so that is going to be my next venture. It, I kind of paired it off from in my ministerial capacity because I am an ordained minister now. And um, I've paired it off of my platform that I had chit chat and chew. And I what I had individuals where I bring them together over food and we do lunches and lunch ends, but we'd have that chat opportunity as well. So I'm looking to launch this in March. Um, I have my graphic artist person right now, but I'm trying to work on some just certain things, layouts and whatever in streamings and different things like that. I don't have certain equipment, which I'm trying to get and things like that, but that would be my next venture. I want to do that. Now, is that going to profit me any money? At this point, I've always had this nasty to do things that really didn't put me, giving me a lot of money, but it's what I love to do. And I'm passionate about people and God, I'm passionate about women. And I love to speak to them because sometimes women, our women can be broken from inside and we can have such low self-esteems and and, um, idiosyncrasies about ourselves. And it's my job to let you know that you're not that. And that you're more than that. And you can be more than that. Your circumstances, your situations don't define you. And you don't have to always have a man to applaud you, to affirm you. You can do it yourself, baby. You can do it yourself. So that's what I'd like to do next. I don't, uh, will I have to go back to corporate America? Probably because I don't want to be sitting out the streets. But <laughs> but yet and still, I am passionate about doing my format. That's something I really, really, really want to do. I want to connect the dots with people. And then it's something else that I've seen in our world. And I'm not trying to be anything, but I see, I've seen a deterioration of the Black man that I don't understand why it, it that has happened. And I'm seeing it because I have so many, I have a plethora of friends from the ages of 30 to 70, women that are all seen. I don't understand. And it's not that they're not qualified. It's not that they're not gorgeous. It's not that they are not beautiful. It's not that they are not worthy. Why are you single? I, I'm not going to say it's all their fault because that would be a lie. So something has happened and I want to know and I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. You said that the original, like the original ministry was Chit Chat and Chew, right? Yes, that was the form. That's the format that right. I used in my ministry to draw and empower women. But we did seminars, um, we training, um, learning about the word of God. But more than that, just to empowerment. It was just a, an opportunity to empower, to impart, and also to, to uplift and encourage. Um, I think I've always had a gift to encourage people, um, to make people feel like they could get up and want to get up. Because I've been so low in my life in many times that I needed somebody to pour into me. And um, so in lieu of that, I've poured into others. And I, I think that, to be honest, and not to sound um, arrogant at all, but I, I do it well. I don't think that you can pour into other people's cups if you've always been full either. You mm. know what I mean? Like, I think you had to have been in an empty place yep. oh, to yes. be able to yeah. recognize that somebody else's cup needs to be poured into. Where Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. So I can empathize with where you're at. I can see it. I recognize that. And so here's, mm-hmm. here's the thing that you need. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That is definitely uh, a great observation. You need that because I, I wish that someone, because I now I've been through my lowest and put myself out of it. And I just wish there was someone who could have guided me and, and oh, poured into I've me. always been here. You don't like my advice, even mm, when it's good. Okay. I don't know that your advice was the best. Um, but... <laughs> Okay. I give, I have given you plenty, like legitimate, like everybody listening. I'm sure y'all know about you that. Told me I have to let her down. Your man, you told me to change him completely. <laughs> You're like, oh, he got wrong. red flags. No, you can turn them white. You can just <laughs> bleach him. You were like, bleach him. Okay. So what, what would be your life advice just in general to people, to our listeners? My life advice to you, to both of you babies and to, you, and to, my, and to the listeners would be to keep living, keep living mm-hmm. and never say never, never say never. I love that. Never say never. Because you don't never know what you're going to go through. I think that's so good because it's like you really have to be open to what's going to, whatever is going to be presented. Never say never because nothing belongs to you. Mm. Time doesn't belong to you. Nothing belongs to you. And that ties with scripture. The Bible says in Proverbs that many are the plans of a man, but it's the will of God that's going to prevail. So it doesn't really matter about what your plans are, what your destination is. Because at the end of the day, God's will is going to be. He's he's going to make it even seem like it's your idea that you want another direction. But he's, his will is going to prevail for your life because it's because of his purpose. So it doesn't matter about your pain. It doesn't matter about your position. It doesn't matter about your planning. It doesn't matter about anything. The purpose that he has for your life is going to prevail. It's going to prevail. They taught us, um, my mother, she said all those kind of adages that they had that you, you you didn't think they applied to you until they applied to until you, it does. you know, until applied to you. My mother would have some of the craziest sayings, but they always worked out. She used to tell me, she said, Lisa, don't never let a nigga stay on your mind rent free. Wow. Ooh. And I would be like, now what does that mean? Wow. You know, but it come to pass, I've learned. That, that that was golden to me that my mother taught me that. And she also told me, she said, the very thing you teach your kids not to do is the very thing your kids are going to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, and she said, I don't care how good you rearrange your children. Your kids going to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I was I like, wow. And I didn't know that until I became a parent and had to learn that everything my mother was telling me was the God heaven true you see and so it just is just life lessons whatever but my lesson that i tell my girls is keep living that's what you do keep living and it's something else too the best lesson you're going to ever buy in your life is the one that you got to buy with your own behind because that's going to be your tough lesson you could have saved yourself on that one but you felt like you had to do it on your own and you didn't want to listen to wise counsel so you have to learn that one on your own you have to get it how you live and that's going to teach you Mama couldn't do it. Daddy couldn't do it. Yeah, Nobody could do it. Okay. So what is your family recipe? Like, what is the recipe? Like, we just need one. And see, Shanae, I I stated to you in the survey, I have never looked in a book, cookbook to cook. Yeah, I was like, I'm not. My parents cook. I'm the same way. I need to stop. My mama cooked from scratch, everything. So do you have something that you watched Mm -hmm. that you could translate to us? I can interpret pinches. I can interpret pinches. I'm like, good. 
of interpreting a pen. Like, no, I, I would have to kill you if I. Oh, if I oh, okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. I had a girlfriend that I had to cheat every little thing. This is what I'm going to do next. What I'm going to do next. This heifer turned around and got a $14,000 gaze ring. I told her, that's my ring. Wow. That's yours. Yes, she did. She had $14,000 $14, engagement ring. And I didn't told her all the meals and everything. I said, that's my ring. Okay, definitely. Give me your number. <laughs> <laughs> that's my ring. Want a good ring. Yes! Wow! I love y'all. I've had so much fun with y'all. This has been a a great time. An incredible time. I appreciate you doing this so much. I love it. I mean, you don't know how much it meant to me. First of all, they even hear from Miss Shanae. I ain't heard from Shanae and and Eon. Mm. And I was like, but it was just it was so on time mm. and where i am in my own life and it just and i was so happy to hear that y'all were doing mm. i really was i couldn't wait to be a part i could not wait it was great i said no, no, no wait a minute at least one cousin i was telling you how my mama cut that ain't right. had nothing to do with me yeah. i'm just repeating what my mama said direct quote direct <laughs> there you quote. go Direct quote, this is what yeah. my mama said. That's not me saying it. Yeah. And I used to say that, but I'm not saying it now. But what I'm saying is, no, my, my point is, there ain't going to get no more realer than me. Mm. Uh, and I don't mind sharing where I've been because it's going to only tell you where you're going. I'm only going to tell you where you're going. And y'all and are how we're too, doing this. Yeah. Yes. And y'all are two amazing, intelligent queens. Oh my God. I don't want you to do nothing but to soar. I don't want you to do nothing but soar. Soar like never before. Go into territories that people say no. Okay. All right. You don't, you say no. All right. That means I got to knock the door down. That means that I'm going to knock it down, but I'm going to get in that particular area. So I'm proud of you both. I really, really am. Look, I feel like so uplifted right now. I'm like, this has been the best. Like I I needed this. I needed all of this. And you have the most beautiful, beautiful spirit. Absolutely beautiful. It matches who you physically are. They both combined on a wonderful, amazing, beautiful young woman. You are absolutely gorgeous physically but your it matches your inside of your heart too as well right. your heart is sincere you don't even know me <laughs> but my spirit knows you oh. my spirit knows you and i'm and like i said that's just a gift from god your spirit rings out and that's clear you really go have me crying <laughs> <laughs> But I have had an amazing time, Shanae. Thank you so much for... Oh, I have enjoyed it more than you ever know. And I'm, I'm here for you. Just let me know if you ever need me again. Okay, so that interview was so much fun. I love Lisa. I, I um, like, so fun. So many great stories. And I felt like I got some good nuggets from that. Like, I, I yeah. felt empowered and I, I needed that. So right? I, yeah. 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 No, that was, that was a fun conversation and it was a, a filling conversation. It was nice. Yes. Um, so for next week for cocktails, it's, it's my turn to choose again, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You can totally say no. Mm, this scares me. <laughs> but I think I want to do a dirty martini. Oh, why would I say no? I don't, I don't know if you like dirty martinis. I don't feel like we've ever had a conversation about it. Um, well, technically I don't like olives, but (laughs) 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 it's olives and tomatoes and pickles where I keep trying to like them 
I keep trying to understand why other people like them. And so um, olives, there, they're totally, there are a lot of different types of olives. So yeah. I do, there are olives that I'm like, oh, okay, well, I understand it. And then there are other olives like, <laughs> I don't get it. Okay. So which olives, which olives do you actually like? Cause that can determine some of this. That I don't know. It's usually, cause you know how they have, people have like the mixed olives and like some are green and some are brown and some mm-hmm. are, yeah. So I don't know which ones that I've had, but I've, I just know that I've had some. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this is, I can tolerate this. Um, so, but I'm not opposed to a dirty martini. It's not, it's not that bad. Like, I still don't like pickles for sure is a thing, but I might eat them sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because, you know, I love anything that's salty, like sour, briny, like pickles and olives. Like mm-hmm. to the point where like my personal trainer at one point was like, you, you have to stop because olives are fatty. Like, cause you know, like olive oh, oil, like they're fatty. So still right now, as of today, I don't like olives, but I'm not opposed to a dirty martini. Okay. I like a dirty martini stirred, not shaken mm. with blue cheese olives like yeah. that. Okay. Blue cheese I'm against for sure. Okay. Okay. I want us to both have a drink that we like love. <gasps> I'm okay. Let's with- do a Moscow mule. Okay. <laughs> okay. But before we go, we just want to remind everybody, um, please don't forget. We want you to write in with mm-hmm. the stories. Like we want to hear the stories uh, from your family. So boomtownstories at gmail.com. Also, if you know somebody or if you are somebody who wants to be interviewed, we're always looking for new guests to come on the show. We'd love to talk to you. Yes. And if there are any single men out there over the age of 35, (laughs) wait, oh, Sinead's giving me a look. Does it need to be? Oh, you think I should go younger? You've been saying younger. I do. I was like, I do think you should go younger. Okay. Over the age of what? 28. Okay. Mm -hmm. 28. Holla at us. Yeah. Please send your stuff our way. We want to hear it. That's yeah. boomtownstories at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us. Join yeah. us next time. And uh, until next time. Boom, baby. <laughs>